What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands, and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. And it works everywhere I write. Summarizing a doc only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. It's August 25th, 2023. Uh, welcome everyone to uh, to In the Weeds here on Fifle Overbooked. It's uh it's a different it's a different kind of episode. Uh, it, it, I'm not going to sit here and tell you that we're going to stray too too far from what we do. Uh, but of course, last night we uh, we found out that Wyndham Rotunda, also known as Bray Wyatt, uh, unfortunately he passed away. Uh, 36 years old. He he was my age, and that's something that that hit me hard. We're going to talk a lot about uh, a lot about uh, Bray Wyatt and and Wyndham Rotunda, his his career, and uh, sending love to his family and everything. There's going to be a lot of a lot of conversations to be had, and uh, Jeremy Lambert's here with me as always, and uh, he uh, yeah he's he's going to be here as well as always to talk about what's going on. We're we're going to do our best because it, it's been it, it's been a weird 12, 14, 15 hours, Jeremy. There's just been a lot of a lot of emotion, a lot of conversation. Um, I covered Impact last night on uh, on the main feed and Cresta and I uh, and also Reg and Kate spent the bulk of our time just, you know, trying to talk about the matches in the show while also kind of paying our tributes to uh, to Wyndham in, in our own way. Um, so how are how are you today? Um, before we I'm 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 fine. I'm I'm here. Uh guys, I, I want to make it very clear right off the bat. First off, thank you everyone who who's tuned in joining us this morning. Uh I know it's been, like Joel said, a rough kind of period here after everything last night. Um any any super chats that, that get donated, everybody is free to to donate anything they would like. Share your memories of Bray. I, I think anyone who is a regular viewer, listener knows we don't we always read the super chats, but we also just interact in general. So feel free to share your memories, even if it's not a super chat. But if you do donate a super chat, the money donated uh, is going to to Bray's family. Um, I know Sean did a stream last night and, and did the the same thing. So don't don't feel like if you if you're sending money, um, it, it's going to the contributors. It, it is going to it's going to Bray's family. Uh, so if you would like to support in that way, share your memories in that way, please do. And if you don't, if you just want to leave a message in the regular chat to share your memories, we will make sure to to read those and honor those as well. Um, as far as how I'm doing, I'm 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 here. I'm I'm okay. It was shocking. Last night, to to say the least, I I was uh, working from my bed office, as I will call it, and I I saw the Triple H tweet, and it was I got very just very similar feelings of when Jay Jay Briscoe passed away earlier this year, and I was doing an interview at that time, and when they like lead with the real name it gives me like that pause of who is this? Cause I'm not used to recognizing people by their real name unless that's their, their wrestling name. And I'm like, Oh, who I thought I legitimately, I thought, uh, 
IRS like passed. I was like, oh man, that's that's horrible. And then I like read it and processed. It. I was like, oh, I can't. We're not within five minutes. It's like, oh, it's Bray. And I I texted uh, my wife who was in the other room, and she just came running in here, and she's like, what? And it was, uh, it these. These are never easy. They always hit really hard. Um, you know, we lost Terry Funk the the day before, and that one wasn't easy. When it's an active performer, when it's someone our age, when it's someone with young children, which we can we can both relate to, Joel, like if at least for me personally, like it hits a lot harder. Like a lot, lot harder in that, like, oh man. You know, I'm a year away from being 36. I I have kids as well. And to think about like that family not having their father, um, it just, it sucks. I don't know any other way to, to say it. It really sucks. Yeah, it does suck. It's, it's, you, we, we talk about, um, you know, we, we lost Terry Funk on Wednesday, um, the announcement of his passing came after we had gone off the air. It actually, I think it happened while the hump was on uh, live. And so they luckily, you know, Sean got a chance to to talk about Terry and everything. And, and I know Jeremy, you had a chance to, to talk about Terry as well uh, on the spotlight. Um, I, I will, I'll put it out there that it's, it's such a dichotomy. These two having passed, it was, it's so different because Terry, Terry had a long life of wrestling. Terry was, he had so much and he did so much. So his passing as sad as it was, was we were able to celebrate what he was as a performer, who he was as a performer and, and just the, the career that he had and make the jokes that were always funny about him in retirement and everything. And, and, and it, it's different, you know, it was um, to me more of a celebration of his life sucks that he's gone. But you know, at the same time, it was, you know, that this, this dude had so much, he did so much. And then Wyndham Rotunda passing, um, was like, yeah, young guy. We were here not even a couple of weeks ago, Jeremy, on this show talking about the potential of his return to wrestling. And you and I talking over like what ideas and creative, you know, just things we had for, for this Bray Wyatt character. What could go next? What would work? What doesn't? We had so many ideas because one thing that, that Wyndham always had was creativity and because of that, it brought the creativity back to us. And that was always so cool. Um, but yeah, I was I was just hanging out with my family, you know, just watching my my kid just run around and be a little terror. And uh, I just looked at my phone for two seconds and I saw, you know what I saw? I saw the Alexa Bliss tweets, not the one of her hugging, but just the one that said, it's so surreal. This was maybe a half hour after the Triple H tweet went out. Um, I... Um, I, don't, I feel weird saying this, you know, on air, but it's, I, I want people to, to understand where my brain was at at the time. Bray was not the first person I thought of when I saw Alexa bliss tweeting about, you know, being in shock and thank God it wasn't what I thought it was, but also it equally sucks that it was a friend, a colleague, someone she worked so closely with. And then I went back and I found the triple H tweet and um, yeah, just, 
made it made the night a little more difficult made things harder to focus on that's for sure but um yeah we have we, we have so many cool memories that we're going to talk about when it comes to to bray wyatt even husky harris the guy was in the wwe system since 2009 like he spent a lot of time between fcw nxt wwe raw smackdown the pay-per-views international tours the dude you know worked with just about anyone you can think of and it's kind of wild he had yeah, he had a long career, but it was a very like um, his career happened in spots, and I think that's kind of the the coolest and saddest part about uh, about Wyndham Rotunda about Bray Wyatt. Uh, I want to I want to get this um, super chat from Chi Towns first. Thank you, by the way. This is very very kind of you. Uh, again, any amount that's donated today is going to go to the family of uh, of Wyndham Rotunda. And so uh, with that, Chi-Towns versus the Swamp Cult leader character gave me such a true detective season one vibe. I would always root for him. It sucks to lose anyone at such an age, but to lose a mind like Bray Wyatt's is even more heartbreaking. May his memory be a blessing. And that's just the, yeah, just the perfect, uh, the perfect opening to our conversations. I mean, Jeremy, so many characters that this guy got to portray over his time. Um, yeah. I don't, I don't, I don't know if you want to, Talk about uh, some of your favorites over the last little bit or, uh, you know, because there was some career stuff that uh, that hit and missed. But uh, he he had a hell of a career to you. Everything hits. Oh, <laughs> I think I think people know this. People who have listened to me for long enough, which thank you. Sorry. Uh, no, like I was unironically a huge Bray Wyatt fan. I know he got a lot of flack online because he didn't have your your five-star matches and things like that. And not everything hit with everybody. Some stuff got stale, what, whatever it might be. Some stuff was too hokey, too whatever it might be. I loved everything he did because, one, it just popped me. And in wrestling, like that's what we're here for, right? Love a good pop. The Sami Zayn quote. Always want to be part of the pop. Like, he did stuff that just popped me. All of the fiend stuff like that, the burnt fiend, like that stuff was just, was it the, the greatest pro wrestling in the world? Maybe not to some people, but like, isn't that pro wrestling just stuff like that? Doing the, the cinematic stuff, doing a swap match, doing setting yourself on fire and everything like the fiend not selling the giant hammer like it's just total over the top pro wrestling like the stuff he did even this uncle howdy stuff at at the end like the the mountain dew pitch black match like i understand people didn't like and stuff i don't know i got to chug an entire mountain dew pitch black on air because of it like there are very few wrestlers that just gave me the amount of pops unironically, not like, ah, ha ha, this is so stupid. Let me make fun of it. Like, no, I loved it in offense. Like this, this is something different. This is something creative outside of the box. And I understand it's not for everybody, but for me watching it, where I can watch your, your great five-star match, your, you know, four, there's a four-star match every single week on television. Okay. There's not another Bray Wyatt on television. There's just not. And that always, like, that popped me that he would do this kind of stuff. Um, the cult leader stuff is, as you know, when he first came into, like, FCW uh, and then the main roster, like, that was always just fantastic, fantastic work. I still think he should have beat. I was at WrestleMania 30, and, like, I was stunned when John Cena 
beat him. I was like, Ooh, I don't, I don't know about that. And then, you know, things kind of weren't great for him. After that, there were certainly just creative choices that were made that probably could have been better. Um, you know, I, I went back and I, I, sorry if we're a little all over the place here. Um, I went back and rewatched the, the Funhouse match last night. And that is some, like, if you go back and watch that, look at, like, the production and the just what they did in that match. It's another thing where I understand if you, you don't like it, it's not for you. I get it. But, like, they really utilized elements that they don't utilize often. And they almost had to because they're doing it in front of nobody. The way Bray committed to it, the way Cena committed to it, the way Bray committed to every single thing he did. It, you can you can say a lot of things about him. That man was committed 100% to everything and put it put his all into everything. And yeah, maybe some of the stuff was all over the place and didn't it didn't make sense on television, but that wasn't that wasn't a lack of him. You know, that was not a lack of him at all. That's just wrestling going to be wrestling and some, some stifling creative stuff. It was never a lack of him. The White Rabbit project that they did last year, I get like people might have been like, oh, this is too much. And oh, the QR codes, this isn't for me. This is what I always say about Bray Wyatt. I will always say no matter what about Bray Wyatt. Was there people online who didn't always enjoy it because they like a certain type of wrestling? Yes. You know who enjoyed it? The vast majority of the audience. Kids always enjoyed it. I got a friend who uh, would send uh, the wife pictures of of their kids watching the television screen when the fun house would come on and everything. Like so many people were captivated by Bray Wyatt and the white rabbit stuff again like look you want to you want to talk about you know wrestling fans being deep and in the weeds and stuff remember just like the clues they would drop and the wrestling fans was like this means this that means that and like like the the charlie day piecing it all together type of thing like there was so much investment in that so much investment and that's the one thing i always say about Bray Wyatt, no matter how you thought about him personally, professionally, and personally, I hope nobody had thoughts that if you didn't know him, but no matter what you thought about him professionally, you can't deny the way he captivated and connected with the overall audience. Maybe it didn't connect with you. Maybe it did. That's fine. That's fine. You can't deny the overall connection it had with the audience, the merchandise sales, the reactions, just everything you've seen from when he's on television and hopefully read online, there was a connection there that you cannot get with the vast majority of wrestlers. Remember when the talk was, you know, is Bray going to go over to AEW? And there were so many people just protective of Bray, you know, and Wyndham as, as like a, as a character, because this is, it's not, it was someone that they connected with for one reason or another. And, you know, at the time, you know, we probably looked at it and we're just like, Oh my God, please. Like, you know, we all make the touch grass jokes, but you cannot take away the fact that people felt something when they interacted or, or just like thought about their fandom to this guy. It was, it's wild to think about. And, you know, um, I was 
I was wondering to myself last night, I'm like, what was the last time I saw Bray Wyatt live? Was it SummerSlam 2019 when he did the, uh, the, the, the reintroduction with the fiend and, you know, he had the match with Bray Wyatt and I talked about it last night with Cresta. No, it wasn't Jeremy. It was elimination chamber weekend. He had a dark match with LA Knight, And I just, I immediately, I went on cage match. I was like, suddenly it all just came back. And I was vividly remembering it was just, it was a silly five minute dark match. It was a lot of fun. And, uh, it's just, yeah, it, it, it just sucks that we're not going to see that guy or that character or anything that could have been, you know, it, it, that that's the part that really, that really does suck. Uh, I, I, I do want to read the tweet from Sean because that was a big, a big part of last night was, um, the the permission that Sean was given to reveal that uh, earlier this year, Wyndham Rotunda had uh, contracted COVID and it exacerbated a heart issue. Um, there was a lot of positive progress towards a return and his recovery. Unfortunately, he had suffered a heart attack and passed away. So that was um, that was delivered to Sean, and he was given that permission to uh, to report that. And um, you know, I, I, those were moments like those. I will just say out loud, and those are the moments where. Uh, I love where I work and I'm, I'm proud of the work that we do. And I'm also very proud that we have a forum like this where we can talk about some of our favorite moments with this guy, because this is um, you see in the chat, people saying they're going to miss him like crazy. And, you know, we're sharing highs and lows and the world is emptier today. Uh, it was, it, he was a meaningful person. And again, I go back to his creativity. It just, it did so much for so many people. And myself included, even when I, even when I didn't love what he was doing, I still had a deep, deep appreciation for what he was trying to do. The white rabbit stuff didn't hit a hundred percent of the time, but it got people talking a hundred percent of the time. And I thought that was pretty wild. So I, I, yeah, the, the world is just, uh, the world is, is a lot weirder today. And, uh, I, I, yeah, I don't know what else to say. Um, I, I, because we are our show and we do, we're going to continue talking about Wyndham throughout the day, I'm sure of it, and throughout this show as well. I do want to let people know that uh, we do have a plan to have an interview at 11.15 a.m. We had set this uh, quite a few days ago with Becca. Uh, if you don't know Becca, then you probably should. She's been around uh, the the independent wrestling scene, and then you've seen her on MLW singing, I guess. But she's going to be here talking about uh, Limitless, Limitless Wrestling and the Vacation Line Cup, which she'll be a part of. Uh, so that's at 11.15 a.m. Eastern. That's at about an hour's time. So I did want to let people know that that is the plan um we do still want to talk about AEW all in and uh we're going to spend time talking about wrestling as we do because we are still that morning show and uh as, as much as i i want to continue talking about Wyndham, i also want to make sure that we have that space as well to do the things that we do ahead of a very uh big weekend in professional wrestling jeremy yeah we're, we're still gonna talk about all of those things um we we gave we we discussed you know have, having Becca. This was planned before the the Bray news. We we kind of gave an option of like, hey, like if you don't want to do this, we'll reschedule. Like she was like, no, like it, it's fine. I'm still okay to come on if you guys are okay with it. We want to honor our our guest uh, with that. We hope to bring some levity on on the topic. And I mean, it's not to downplay anything. The reality of life is there's still other stuff happening. And so, you know, it, things don't pause. And, and I say that as, as someone who lost my father earlier this year is 
it just keeps moving like and it's it's sad it does suck and we should all take a moment to process grieve reflect remember um but yeah things unfortunately just do not pause uh and so we we also so we want to continue to discuss everything else that is happening in the world of of wrestling because there is still a pretty big aw show this weekend and yeah we're, we're gonna but if you leave leave your super chats leave your comments like we're 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 gonna spend a lot of time talking about bray i i would imagine because um i i want to i want to say this about him when it comes to the, the characters and and everything like that what what you can always say about bray is just the inspiration i think he gave a lot of people whether maybe knowingly unknowingly not sure um but but the creative inspiration is largely what i'm talking about and th- this goes back to wrestling is one of the the most um one of the most like creative outlets i think in the world if we're, we're being honest with all that goes into it, you can, you can have a creative match. You can do a creative promo. You can do a creative segment, a sketch. You can get involved creatively in a lot of different ways in the, in the world of wrestling. And that's why I think so many people are drawn to it. Um, and, and with Bray, the fact that he was willing to, to push things creatively and go outside the box, the box like structure, uh, as much as as he did, I do think knowingly or unknowingly, like that inspired people. I, I mean, I know, I know personally, like it inspired me. And again, maybe all of the stuff didn't hit. That's fine. That's life. If we're we're being honest, like the greatest shooters in the world don't shoot a hundred percent in the game. Um, you know, you you have your misses and everything, but like you got to be willing to take those shots and Bray was certainly willing to take all of those shots. And I know, and for, for me personally, like seeing the stuff that he did, I I would try to just do kind of wacky stuff like that of, uh, Oh, let me just, let me try it. Like lambs is sort of born out of just, it was, it was born out of a lot of things, but it was born out of Bray Wyatt, just being willing to do different characters and everything. I was like, Oh, okay. Like, why can't I just do a wacky character like this? Like what's wrong with doing something like this? You know, work for everybody? No, but why can't I, I do this? And people who watched again, older stuff know that like, like I taped my face to, to pay tribute to uh, the burnt fiend. Cause that was just so wacky and, and over the top that, but I absolutely loved it. I was like, I want to do something like that and have fun with this. And Bray, whether again, knowingly, unknowingly, he inspired creatively. And I think he inspired to just have fun with things. Yeah. At least for, at least for me, I, I know people maybe didn't like everything, but for me, like have fun with this dumb, this, this dumb world of professional wrestling, have fun with it. I know Bray took, took his art very serious as he should, but I do think there was just an element of let me just have fun with things as well. Let me do something different. I don't need to be the, just go out, have these great match kind of guy. I can do something else. The, the wife reminded me of the chocolate syrup oozing bit, which is one of my greatest achievements because I was coughing the entire show to the point that Joseph thought I was sick. And I, I set it all up to just, yeah, 
cough up chocolate syrup. And that was because Randy Orton just coughed the black ooze. And it's like, it's wacky. It's fun. It's wrestling. Let's have fun with it. And I think Bray Wyatt had a lot of fun with that kind of stuff and challenged himself with that kind of stuff to do something different. And I always appreciated that about him. Um, one, one more thought kind of on everything. And I said this about Terry Funk yesterday, when we lose somebody in, in the world of, of wrestling, uh, there's always these outpouring of tributes and everything from, from the peers. And that's who I like to listen to the most, the people that were around him the most. You heard some stories about Bray from not so reliable sources out there where you didn't hear stories from Bray were from his peers and from the people who they could have, when the gimmicks he was doing that he was doing, they could have easily just gone against certain things. They could have easily, uh, you know, been like, ah, I don't know. This, this doesn't, this doesn't work again. Even, even in like a kayfabe interview, but anybody asked about Bray Wyatt always said just what a great person he was and what a creative mind he was again if that creativity is not for you okay that's fine i ain't knocking anybody who had the creativity that that he had because to be that creative it does take a lot it does take uh you know it does take kind i'll say balls to want to do the things that he did because not everybody wants to do those things and he just had idea on top of idea and on top of idea. And maybe some of it needed to be uh, a little bit more contained. But I ain't knocking people who want to push the creative boundaries like he did and who wanted more and who wanted to push uh, just his overall creativeness because he had the platform to do it. And I think he did everything he could to get to get that creativity out there. Five years ago, you remember who the WWE Raw Tag Team Champions were? Was that him and Orton? No, that was uh, it, well. First of all, it was the B Team, which was actually Bo Dallas Curtis Axel. But oh, oh, hey, that was when him and Matt were doing stuff. That's when the Deleter of Worlds were okay, doing. Okay, yeah, yeah. But, but I found it interesting because I had completely forgotten up until recently that you know there was the Deleter of Worlds, and of course that was Matt Hardy and and Bray. But uh, they won the the Raw Tag Titles. And then the, the team that beat them was the B team. And that's when B team was working stuff with Miz. But B team, of course, famously was included Bo Dallas, who is uh, is Wyndham's brother. So I just around that time, they were working together. They had a couple of singles matches, but they were they were literally I'm looking at a cage match right now. And I was like, man, they were all just working together. And you had the revival FTR. They were doing stuff at the time with them. Corbin and Jinder were doing stuff like a lot of different people got to work with Bray Wyatt over the years. And I think it's wild. And I saw uh, someone mentioned the chat, you know, Firefight Funhouse was my favorite segment. They debuted the Funhouse in the UK. Like that. I, I will never forget this because the way that raw was, was taped at the time, it was, it was never live. It was always, you know, you, they taped it at eight o'clock local time in the UK, which was like two o'clock here. We get the spoilers, but at that particular time, they debuted the Firefly Funhouse. Nobody knew what it was, but someone had taken a video with their cell phone and uploaded it. And I saw it before it went live that night. And uh, I just remember looking at it and being like, what the hell is this Mr. Rogers neighborhood weird stuff? Like, I don't know how to feel about it. And obviously it completely changed everything about his character, everything we knew about Bray Wyatt as 
as a creative mind, it just uh, it turned the the cult leader on its head. And I think at the time that was that was big news. And for them to have done it in the UK, where everyone was, it could have been a big like prime time reveal. No, they gave it to the UK audience because I don't know. Maybe at the time they didn't think it was going to be what it became. But I just I think about that sometimes. And that was that was a moment. That was uh, yeah, that was that was special. The fiend, the fiend entrance at at SummerSlam. It, I, I went back in. I rewatched that last night. The first one against Balor. Like that was that was insane. I remember watching that live. Just like holy shit. Like what, what the hell is this? Let me let me tell you real quick. So I was there live, right? It was in Toronto. Up until that point, do you know what everyone was talking about? Do you think? Take a guess what everyone was talking about at that point. As far as like the show itself, the show. What was what were people like buzzing about that had already happened up until that point? Was it that was, Trish and Charlotte? No, it was it was something that happened on the pre-show that you and I have talked about. Oh, Edge. It was Edge taking okay. that doing the spear because at that point. He hadn't been physical. So everyone was like, oh my God, what's going on with Edge? That was the big topic of conversation. And then The Fiend happened and that took over the rest of the show. Didn't matter that Seth beat Brock. Didn't matter, you know, that Trish and Charlotte had a really solid match. People were into that entrance. The match was what it was. It was actually pretty good for what it was, but... I yeah, did the well, neck snap thing on Balor, which I was like, that rules. Yes, except Finn Balor came back alive and well the next day. Yeah. <laughs> that's <well>. fine. But <laughs> it's wrestling and it's silly sometimes. But like I just I I think about that. I had to I had to stop you because I was like, I talked about this last night. I remember this vividly. Uh just being in the stands and everyone was like just so fixated on it. Yeah, I, we rewatched that last night. We rewatched uh the fun house, we rewatched uh the extreme rules return and again like whatever you think about the the qr code stuff and, and the return and and the the follow-up like and you can't deny how that crowd reaction uh at extreme rules when the lights go out and the whole world his hands is playing and every time they show a character and then when they show the fiend character the reaction and then when he walks through the door and everything even the the promo work, you know, when he was out there saying like, uh, "This is the real me. This is the real Bray." Like, I talked to you guys. Like, for me, is the first time. Like, I thought that was a really strong promo when, when he returned. And again, I know it wasn't for everybody. I, I know people didn't always like the the stuff that he did. I'm gonna continue to say it. This is what I always point at when it comes to wrestling. Maybe some stuff is not for you. I get that. We all like what we like you can't deny what the overall audience is saying how they're reacting and what they're doing when you see all the fiend mask when you see all the t-shirts when you just listen to the reactions you know, i tell this to jensen all the time he doesn't he doesn't get la night that's fine you don't get it listen to the crowd man is there's something about him like whether it's for you or not okay but there's something about him. And it's the same thing with Bray, no matter what, no matter what character, no matter what creative he was given, he was connected and it was hidden. And I think a big part of that was because he was so different. There is not, you just don't see a guy like that. There's nobody out there that, that is like Bray Wyatt. Again, maybe you think that's a bad thing. I always chose to look at it as this is a good thing this is something it's pro wrestling you can be whatever the hell you want to be in pro wrestling you can do whatever you want to do when you got that wwe budget and that wwe production he he made he wanted to do everything he could with that 
And I, I appreciate that he was always able to just push the creative like that. Cause there, there ain't nobody else like him. There ain't nobody else doing the stuff that he was doing. I want to hit on these super chats in a second, but also we're talking about people uh, in the wrestling world who had worked with him, who had their, their feelings about him right now. Roman Reigns is so dedicated to the character and to keeping kayfabe. But man, I, I, there's a part of me that is just so I, I, I really want to hear what he has to say. Cause those two, they work together. Those two did so much together with the shield, the Y family, the, the the time when they tag together, the infamous, you know, point and shoot and that. I will I I'm so interested in hearing Roman's thoughts in having worked with him. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up zero to one grams of net carbs, five to eleven grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich, flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. And it works everywhere I write. Summarizing a doc only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. Okay, I'm going to say this. I am too. I'm, I'm interested in, in a lot of people's like thoughts and i know most people have kind of commented i know roman dedicated to the character and everything like i think people would understand if he uh kind of breaks away a little bit from that i want to say this this is not towards you joel this is more towards the general uh audience of of online people can we not read too much into or press upon people to be like, why haven't you commented? Why haven't you said this? Oh, you said this, you said that. Can we just not do that at all? Let people comment when they want, let people grieve how they want, let people like, we don't fully know these people. I know we like to think we do because we see them on television and sometimes they're very kind and they'll interact with us on, on Twitter and things like that. But we don't know what they're going through. Let them just for all we know roman is has been reaching out to the family and stuff and that's what he is doing that he does not need to make a public comment on anything if he does not want to that does not mean he didn't care or whatever just let people grieve on this and respond to this how they want and i'm gonna say the same thing about smackdown tonight because i know that people are already fantasy booking their smackdown tribute show to to bray wyatt and like let them do what they want just because a certain person isn't there doesn't mean that they didn't care just because a a certain person doesn't comment doesn't mean they didn't care just because they didn't do what you want them to do doesn't mean anything you know people lost a a brother people lost a family member people lost a well-respected peer just less than 24 hours ago when they're trying to now just put this whole show together You're, you're trying to you don't know who's going to be available. You don't know who's going to be able to come in, who's going to be able to film what. You don't know any of this stuff. So just because you don't see something on screen 
or you don't see whether that's a computer screen or a television screen doesn't mean steps and in words are not being spoken steps aren't being taken and, and things aren't being done a certain way just because you don't see it so please don't do any of that if you if you're listening right now i got a lot of respect for our for our audience despite how often i'll bury the chat but i i hope that none of our audience does anything like that because it's just weird and it doesn't need to be done like let let everyone re uh respond react and and grieve and process how they are going to and don't press upon them how you think it should be done yes and well said and and i know you weren't specifically talking about me um i will i will say that what i was what i was trying to say was the interest of when it's you know when it's appropriate if he feels like it's like it's what he wants to do my reasoning for it was like i said down the through their careers they have had parallels and for that much like Unfortunately, when we when we lost Jay Briscoe, a lot of people were, were telling stories. Roman stories were ones that I'm I'm uniquely interested in. I'm not I'm not saying he's got to say something now. That's not where I'm coming from. I'm coming more from like I have this this curiosity because they worked so closely together for so long, and they were both on top in their own different ways. And there's just there's going to be there's going to be some some really unique uh, takes coming from from Roman. So if he decides to give them. I know a lot of us will be all ears. That's where I'm coming from. But I agree with you. No one should be forced to. No one should be pressed to uh, to give their their thoughts or opinions. It's yeah. It, that's that's just that. Let's get to these super chats, shall we? Go for it. Mike the jeweler sends one saying uh, he truly had the whole world in his hands. Follow the buzzards to Brody. Rest in peace, Bray. Thanks for all you guys do, Joel, Jeremy, and the rest of Fightful. Thank you, Mike. Again, all of the uh, the, the Super Chats donated today will be going towards uh, the family of Wyndham Rotunda. So uh, you send them, they will be tallied up and, and sent off once uh, once that's done. And Drew, of course, sends a Super Chat saying, Firefly Funhouse vignettes to the Fiend debut at SummerSlam. I think that was 19. Uh, was, was some of the most special stuff I've ever seen in wrestling up to that point. And it's true. There was some really like innovative stuff and some really curious stuff. I think it freaked out a lot of people but in the best way possible uh but even going backwards the swamp the swamp character the swamp leader the cult leader did so much for so many people did so much for Brody lee it did so much for eric rowan in his own way it did so much for braun Strowman, who had zero experience and got to work with three very talented individuals and uh yeah just just seeing that i mean two of them are gone out of the out of the four it's oh that was so so difficult last night um i've been saying i've been rewatching a lot of stuff we we rewatched um bray and and brian from rumble 2014 and bray bray makes his entrance and there's brody harper and rowan and the wife goes two of them are gone and i'm like fuck yeah it's true and like it's it's very very tough because it look people people unfortunately pass every single day and in wrestling when you go back and watch like wrestlemania one it's like oh so many people are like gone from the show and everything man we're less than 10 years from that and two of those people are gone and and that stuff it just it feels like it's hit, it hits harder because, you know, we've been, we've largely followed their entire careers. You know what I mean? Like we've, 
to to kind of go back to to Terry Funk is like that was a a big loss in the world of wrestling. I was born in '88, so Terry Funk like is is '80 stuff, is '70 stuff, '60 stuff. Like you can go back and rewatch, but like the Terry Funk that I personally grew up watching was kind of ECW, WWE, Chainsaw Charlie, WCW stuff and, and then you know we got the the kind of victory lap at one night stand with the the six person tag match but like the stuff that i grew up watching was definitely tail end career stuff so i can go back and rewatch it and appreciate it and stuff but i didn't like grow up watching kind of terry funk stuff uh at least like prime terry funk stuff bray we watched his whole career from the debut of husky harris all the way to the this past year like we saw it all play out on television like we we just watched all of that i imagine a lot of our viewers are around our age maybe a little bit younger but they've they've probably been watching since bray started get 36 man people say like you don't hit your stride in wrestling until 40 like that like you know and that's the crazy thing to think about is like you're watching 2014 royal rumble and it was less than 10 years ago. And I'm terrible at math. Someone can correct me. It was like, he's like 26 to maybe 25 at the time for that. Like he was, and he was already 14 rumble. He was over the Brian stuff was fantastic. He was months away from facing John Cena at WrestleMania. And he was only 25, 26, 27 years old at that time. Again, when they say you don't hit your stride until you get 40, like on the creative side too, like look at he's doing creatively at 36 throughout 26 to 36. It just sucks. It just sucks. It does. And you're right to think your most, it's your most creative time is like, you're not even there yet. You're just, you're, you're on the precipice and yeah, just to, to think that, that that's not what we're going to get. We're not going to get that. The, whatever the, the next magic was going to be, we're not going to get it. Um, I was thinking about the, the Brian storyline with uh, the White family. And, of course, the, the moment where he takes off the jumpsuit and it's the cage match on Raw. And, like, the entire crowd is just, they love it. And, and you can make the argument that it could have gone on a little bit longer with Brian in the, uh, in the White family. But at the time, like, that was amazing. Stuff like that was fantastic. And um, there was also the, all the stuff with Randy Orton. Uh, go, I'm talking like the, the 20s, uh, 2018 stuff. Right. You know, that was fantastic. There was some really fun stuff in there. Yeah, listen, the match with the projecting the worms on the, the mat the was so dumbest, silly. but I loved it. You, <laughs> Joel, you know how much. <laughs> yes, but, but here's the thing. And, it, you know, again, we have the hindsight and we're all in our feelings like, it was different. Not everything different hits, but it, but it was different. And it was just something, something at the time that honestly, if I was a, a 12 year old kid at the time, I probably would have loved every second scared. of it. All yeah. Cockroaches and stuff. And I'm like, Nope, that ain't for me. No. And I'm sure that would have been so much fun for a little kid at the time. You know how much I love just my, my dumb stuff. And I say dumb lovingly. By the way, I don't mean it like, oh, this is so stupid, has no place, blah, 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 blah. No, I do dumb stuff on this show uh, throughout my d- content creation career or whatever. Like, I, I love, love the dumb stuff. And Bray, the king of the dumb stuff, pops. And that's why I love them so much because 
He just went out and he did it. And again, did it always work? No. Did it always work for maybe certain people? No. But it worked for the majority of people. I will never, ever, ever, ever knock somebody who wants to be as creative as Bray Wyatt wanted to be and to try the stuff that he did. I I made a tweet a while ago um, of like, we're going to, this is unfortunately um, before all this, but like Bray's one of just the greatest workers ever. I know people are like workers, what five stars? No workers. That man got to do all of his ideas on a big national platform in professional wrestling that stood out amongst some of the most creative minds in the world, got to do all of his ideas, didn't have to go out there and, and bump around and do all this crazy. He made his brother take the big bump at the Rumble. That's just genius working right there. Got the bag on top of it. Got the sponsorship bag. Like, he was a worker, brother. And, and he... Again, the peers have called him like one of the kindest, nicest people. Like Bray should be remembered for for a lot, a lot of things, and I hope he is remembered for a lot of things. I don't want it lost on people that this man was legitimately a genius in the world of professional wrestling because he was one of the greatest workers in the world of professional wrestling. Flynn Flamander sent a super chat, uh, sending moral support for a show I enjoy and monetary support for people who may need it. Uh, thank you. Thank you very much. Again, all of the, the proceeds today, the super chats will be going to, uh, to the Rotunda family. The, um, I want to talk about talking about weird matches that he did. The swamp fights. Ad ruled. <laughs> this, and this was what's so frustrating to me. You know, if you were a fan of, of, of Bray at the time was, the Thunderdome, the, the PC era, the, the times that we don't talk about anymore because, you know, it kind of wasn't fun. <laughs> and uh, like to watch live at the time, that Swamp Fight was so good because those cinematic matches were specifically done for a guy. They were in mind for a guy like Bray and a mind like that. And the, just the stuff that came out of that was just fantastic. Like, and I'll never forget the finishing just the, the, when the, the bottom third is up and it's just the fiend coming up out of the water. And it's so, it was so hokey, but it was so perfect for what Wyndham Rotunda's idea of wrestling was. I loved it. Let, let me tell you, let me tell everybody this right here. I watched the Psalm fight live and i was probably covering it i was so excited for this because like oh yeah this is gonna be peak peak bray wyatt stuff and i remember watching it and i remember being a little disappointed by it i was like oh i don't know and we're in the middle of the pandemic and everything right here right like everybody's at their home it's it, it all sucks i remember just being maybe i set my expectations were so high that i it just was never gonna live up to it i remember being a little disappointed after watching it's like oh man i don't know i kind of just expected more Anybody who's able to do this today, if, if you want to go back and rewatch your favorite Bray Wyatt segments, uh, whether it's the Firefly Funhouse match, whether it's any type of entrance, whether it's any type of promo, any type of vignette, the swamp match, whatever it might be, even if it's like the strap match or a, or a six man, I don't recommend it more for like your traditional matches because I don't think it works. 
anybody that wants to go back and rewatch Bray Wyatt stuff, get high. Take an edible, smoke some weed, get stoned. Because I watched that swamp match live and I had to be a professional and cover it. And I was like, oh, a little disappointing. After I was done with work, at home, by myself, smoked up, rewatched that swamp match, that shit was the greatest thing ever. That was the greatest thing ever when you watch that shit high. So that's how you enjoy a Bray Wyatt segment and match and promo as well. Just be up there. That's all. That is so, so funny. <laughs> Just another, this is what this show is all about sometimes. <laughs> Love and wrestling in very different formats. Uh, Sean tweeted out that he's going to, he's going to join us soon. Talk about uh, his memories of, of Wyndham as well. So, uh, just letting people know because not everyone's on on the Twitter. So <laughs> people are like, hell yeah. I'm, like, I'm just. <laughs> You're not wrong. You're not wrong. Do I, I, don't, I don't know Bray personally. I've never met him. I, I've seen him wrestle. The ideas that man had, I don't think he was in a sober mind while having them. And I don't have any issue, like more respect to him for that, honestly. Like I imagine he was. Good on him. Good on him. And look, if he came up with all that shit sober, then I would like to see him uh, in a different mind because I can't, I can't even crazy the stuff he could have come up with. But like, that's how you enjoy some some Bray Wyatt stuff is just get stoned. And I guarantee it's a lot better than if, if you didn't like it then, if you didn't like it not stoned, you'll love this shit high. I'm going to start asking wrestlers in interviews like, are you of the mindset that uh, some of your matches are best enjoyed when <laughs> and just see, see what they say. See, gonna- I, I can't, I can't watch wrestling and I don't, I don't do that anymore. Um, but like, I can't watch it when I, when I did, I couldn't watch like your normal, I can't go out and watch like a Will Ospreay match like stoned because Ospreay is like moving a hundred miles an hour and everything. And I'm just like, no, this is, this is too much for me to process right now i just can't do it but you're talking about like bray stuff that's how you got to do it yeah. that's the only i mean not the only way but that's the best way. you'll enjoy it so much more in that state of mind just trust me yeah no i believe it Oh man! Uh, just a reminder, folks. Uh, at eleven fifteen a.m., we we do have an interview scheduled. It's going to happen. Becca is going to be joining us from uh, Limitless. Well, to talk about Limitless Wrestling and the Vacation Land Cup. So uh, just uh, get ready for that. That's going to be at eleven fifteen, which is about twenty five minutes from now. Uh, yeah. The the I, I thank you, Jeremy. I, I'm actually I love that that we got. I got to gotta bring myself up. into this show. Like what? What's the deal? Well, yeah, Sean, we were we were talking about getting stoned and enjoying Bray Wyatt segments <laughs> because they are well, even well, what, more enjoyable. What a, what a perfect segue for me to come here if you're talking about <laughs> uh, drugs, right? Or, I, yeah. I didn't want to be the guy to do this. <laughs> oh yeah, there. It is. I do have it on hand. We're not going to do the bit live. Um, yeah, perhaps we'll save that for another day. But I'll probably just let it go at this point. Um, I'll leave it in the hands of, of, of uh, Jimmy's team that's handling that right now. But uh, yeah, I, I wanted to come on and talk about Bray. I did a, a stream on Select. Um, and you, good God, before you know, people always look for a problem to have, they're like, hey, you're making super chats. We're, we're donating it to the family. They're like, well, why are you releasing the cause? Well, I'll explain to you guys why I released the cause. Uh, I wasn't going to. If you watched the stream yesterday, I. I 
it wasn't something that I felt that I should put out there. And then I got a call. Um, I won't say who it was from, but it was explicitly told to me that WWE family uh, management of Bray Wyatt wanted this information provided to the public due to some misinformation that was being shared publicly. Uh, and that meant an awful lot to me. I, I believe Andrew Zarian got that same call as well. So, uh, but the situation was that Bray fell ill in February. He got COVID in February. Uh, around WrestleMania, when he missed that, I was like, okay, this has got to be more serious than originally believed. And it was downplayed a bit to me for obvious reasons. And in the following month or so, I was told uh, it was very bad. It was really bad. And they weren't sure how exactly this would this would pan out or work. Um, then, I want to say a couple weeks ago, there was a whole lot of positivity around Bray Wyatt and his return. Uh, I, I, I feel comfortable saying this now. There weren't creative plans set in stone that I heard of. Uh, they didn't know, his management didn't know uh, of any creative plans or who he would work with, but knew that there was a tentative target of September. And uh, basically what happened was COVID exacerbated a, a heart issue that he had. And after he looked like he was recovering, he unfortunately had a heart attack and passed away yesterday. And uh, he leaves behind children. He leaves behind a fiance. He leaves behind his brother in WWE, his father, a, a legendary family, one that isn't talked about enough in their contributions to pro wrestling. And not just that, their vast contributions. Like they, so many of them are so different. Like Barry Windham is so different than Mike Rotunda, and Mike Rotunda is so different than Windham Rotunda. Uh, I should just call him Bray Wyatt for the sake of clarity there, <laughs> considering uh, you know he's named after him. But it's it's tragic, and I had I, I had a good professional relationship with Bray Wyatt and the people around him, but I had uh, one conversation with Bray Wyatt. And he reached out to me uh, coincidentally when, when some people were saying some uh, negative untrue things about me that, that he reached out and he was like, listen, man, I've been there. He's like, I don't know you personally, uh, but he's like, it's easy for people to say that it doesn't matter to them or you should brush it off when it's not about them. So then I see the way that a lot of people, and of course the, the negative is highlighted more than the positive. I see the way a lot of people, immediately jump on weird conspiracy theories and, and all this horse shit related to it. And I'm like, man, just let the guy, let, let, let the guy uh, have his time and let the, let the family grieve. And funny enough, we were, you were talking beforehand about the swamp match and how polarizing a lot of those were. We talked about that too. And I was like, well, for you, does it extend to that? And he goes, no, nah, I don't give a shit about that. <laughs> Uh, not verbatim, but he said that he's got a very specific audience and he wants to make that audience happy. And if he can make a broad base happy, that's nice too. But uh, I, I looked over that conversation probably 50 times yesterday and uh, that's one that I'll always treasure. And uh, it meant a lot to me that he would reach out in, in a situation like that, because uh, sometimes I got to be talked off the ledge on social media and 
you never know who might do it. Bray Wyatt was was a really, really nice man in my experiences. I keep on bringing up the Royal Rumble press conference that he did most recently. And uh, man, it, it was it was so glad it was so good to see him back. And you could tell how happy he was to be back. Yeah, I tell how happy he was to to be back and to trying to fulfill his creative vision. I know Denise uh, shared the uh, clip of him talking about like creative, and he's like, you know, people want to downplay certain things or it's not for them and whatever. It's just like we're just out here, we're we're doing our best with this, and you might not like the creative things that that we are doing. Now it might not be Sean. You mentioned like trying to appease his fan base type of things and that's what he was talking about when it came to the creativity of everything and that's what i keep pointing out is like look if it wasn't for you fine i i get it i can understand how it wasn't for you you can't deny that it was not for the overall audience because that man got a reaction yes. every single time he came out there a big thing that uh, that i see noticed so many people that were like well i wasn't watching wrestling and then i saw what he was doing and i started watching wrestling And that was, I mean, that is quite literally the fabled casual fan. That is the fan that so many people book towards and try to get with celebrity and all that stuff. And it just took a good old-fashioned sports entertainer to do it for a lot of people. And there will, I mean, it, it will be mimicked and emulated and imitated for a long time. As honestly, as it should, it was a successful formula. The QR codes, the, the videos, the fiend, the the Wyatt family, uh, then adding to the Wyatt family like this, it was a successful formula. Unfortunately, uh, WWE fumbled the bag on so many, so many occasions that it was ridiculous. But it is uh, a performer that we're talking about that was willing to try so many different things. And you you often hear about people who don't give their all for gimmicks that they they got like. 30 years ago and all that stuff. And, you know, maybe sometimes it's hard to give your all to a trash man gimmick, but they threw this guy into a Hawaiian shirt and said, cult leader. Then they're like, all right, you're going to be an audio visual specialist who shows worms on the ring. Do it. And he's like, okay, we're going to have you wear a pretty objectively just goofy mask. Can you do that? Yep. Sure. I can do that. I can make that work. I can make that the most popular thing in the company. Let's do it. And then we're going to make it worse by burning it and then selling the burnt to a crisp version. We are yeah. not Let's gonna, that. We're not going to downplay the burnt fiend, one of the greatest characters of all time. And then we're going to have you do that. the entrance like you're the weekend at the Super Bowl and suddenly you're back at it. You're shiny new fiend and he's just like, yeah, let's go. He came out of the box like <laughs> structure. Amazing. God bless. There was just so much. Again, we're going to look back on a lot of this and just, we're, uh, part of us are going gonna to laugh, but we're also going to be like, yeah, there was a lot of really uh, incredible stuff. And, you know, Sean, we talked earlier about the uh, projecting the on the, the mat and like how silly that was at the time. But like there were probably 10 year old kids who thought that was like the yep. coolest thing in the world. And I think yep. that that means something. You know, there's the video going around this morning of, of Wyndham like going and greeting a kid just outside of the arena. And it seems like that was just, you know, one of the things he did because he loved the people that loved him. Seemed like he really did as well. I heard so many stories about uh, about WrestleCon and how he when he was there for that, which he didn't do a lot of public appearances. 
how good he was to people. Uh, Jeremy, I think you know this story, and I'm not going to name the name, but it wasn't it wasn't Bray, but it was tied to a Bray match. It was the Orton Bray match, and I oh, asked yeah, some yeah. I asked somebody in a creative uh, situation, or, or that, was, that was familiar with the uh, I'll say this familiar with the creative of the situation about the Randy Orton Bray Wyatt thing, and it was one of the favorite messages I got. It said, "No one at any point among the journey once." had a fucking clue as to what the fuck was supposed to happen. The finish changed on Friday. They came over to blank and bragged that there was a surprise. Randy Orton was supposed to lose and have months off. Then he's told that he's in a triple threat with Braun and Drew. I bet that'll be a Matt classic. Just kidding. He'll make sure it's the drizzling shits. That is one of the greatest responses <laughs> I've ever gotten <laughs> and uh, also bless WWE because <laughs> uh, how how does it go in the Easy e song Real Motherfucking G's where he's talking about how Dr. Dre can, can put out something but he's still getting paid off of it that's how I felt during Seth Rollins and The Fiend WWE got me like five or six sources that night by booking one of the worst things of all time. I had people that I never thought would reach out to me because they were like, I can't believe they're doing this. And then, then they went and they did it again with the Goldberg thing. So I just want to sincerely thank WWE management at that point for uh, making me sit through some of the worst booking that I have ever seen, but also getting us sources that, that work to these day to this day. There were people in um, Gorilla that were like, "Yeah, Vince, Vince thought it was funny. He thought the reaction to the Fiend and Seth Rollins was funny." And I was like, "I didn't because I got to watch this Monday." Oh man! So like, there, there were. I was there for the Fiend debut, like the the first match, and so I saw it's where we met. Entrance. Yes, it is. Uh, so that's probably why I look back on that so poorly. Uh, but anyway, it was such an incredible entrance. And you're like, oh, my God, this is going to be special. And that was, Joel, as you know, a pretty special night. Trish was retiring at the time. Edge came out and did that spear. And everybody just looked at each other like, did we just see what we thought we saw? I was saying to Jeremy, I was like, up until that point, up until the Fiend entrance, the only thing people were talking about was that Edge spear. Yep. Because the show was good, but like nothing had really taken away from that. And that was the pre-show. So like yes. there was enough going on. Seth winning the title didn't mean as much. Uh, you know, uh, uh, the, the Trish and, and uh, uh, sorry, Trish and Charlotte didn't mean as much. What meant so much to the crowd was watching that entrance and just the match with Finn. That got people talking for the rest of the night. Yep, definitely. And uh, man, what a cool moment that was. And WWE did fumble it. They fumbled it big. <laughs> <laughs> huge, huge. But uh, I never heard of him being particularly bitter about it. So I think it's a good example of, of how you can uh, sort of face conflict and adversity and all that. And I know that he really wanted to get back and, and work for the fans. I know that to be true. And I think we saw a lot of that in this run as well. Like we saw a lot of that in the way that he spoke as Bray Wyatt, but sort of as Wyndham. Uh, when you go back and watch those original promos and he talks about how happy he was to be there, that was sincere stuff. 
<laughs> Senior nerd, I remember SRS's reaction to the Goldberg Wyatt Saudi match, seething and pissed off. Well, Jeremy and some British dude <laughs> were laughing their asses off. Yeah. Um, you call us trolls. You were trolls. <laughs> were? Yeah, were. Trolls were trolls. <laughs> uh, it was one of the all-time worst booking decisions. It was stupid <laughs> all around. It could have been better, but th- this is, you know, when it comes to wrestling, I always find to just laugh at a lot. The of 20, summer of 2019 through till up until WrestleMania, the, the, the pandemic started was, I would say, the worst booked top title card I've ever seen in WWE history. I can't say wrestling history because WCW existed. But by far, WWE history and major wrestling history. Like, there hasn't been anything in AEW, ROH, even TNA, Impact, or ROH that I've seen was was worse. I'm so excited for next year because I do I, – I listen to stuff from five years ago, different audio and different shows. And when I get into that 2019 and just when everyone gets miserable, I'm very excited for uh, for the content I get to listen back to. Yes, that sounds Justin, awful. It does, but it's great. Justin Rivera with the super chat to uh, say, I feel like we'll be talking about the visionary that is Bray Wyatt for a long time. I always felt he was so far ahead of his time. His legacy will live on. Uh, absolutely. And by the way, just a reminder that any super chat that's donated today on the show, we are going to be uh, donating that to the family of Wyndham Rotunda. So uh, if you keep sending those in with whatever you got to say, we will keep tallying it up and making sure that uh, that the money goes to where it's supposed to go. Uh, before I wrap up, uh, you know, we, we had broken some stories on Bray Wyatt. They had some plans for him that unfortunately didn't get to unfold. It was going to be Bo Dallas, Eric Young, Bray Wyatt. I would imagine Alexa Bliss based on the direction of things until you know, she uh, revealed her pregnancy. <clears throat> it's, a, it's a shame we never really got to see that <clears throat> come back. We never got to see his vision played out for good, bad, or indifferent. Because the thing I love about Bray Wyatt and I loved covering about Bray Wyatt people were going to be interested in what you talked about either it was going to be really good it was going to be really bad but what I liked about it is I knew that there was a good human being beneath the performer and I would enjoy covering what he did in that sense I didn't always like what was on screen that's something we talked about as well uh and he's he's like I don't always like what was on screen, <laughs> so I completely get it. But um, he had this perpetual hope tied to him. Like there was this perpetual optimism of what could be next, what could be in the bag, what could potentially happen. And that is something that a lot of performers don't have, can't have. Like it's something that, again, you either have or you do. It's hard to develop that. Um, you there are some rest. What is it? I would say you mentioned indifferent. There was no indifferent when it came to Bray. Mm-hmm. Everyone either loved his stuff or just like, nope, this is not great. I, I don't like it. But you're right in that, like, everyone was still drawn to it in a certain way. And I know a lot of wrestlers say that is like, you can cheer me, you can boo me as long as you're reacting to me. That's that's what goes out there and counts. If they're indifferent to you, that's when you're doing something wrong. It was never an indifference to, to Bray. It was good or, or bad, but there was always a reaction. And again, for the overall audience, maybe some of the online audience didn't like a lot of it. The overall audience, 
it was largely good. There was largely a positive reaction or the reaction they were going for. Uh, I just want to thank everybody who uh, has said nice things about Bray, who joined me last night on on a couple of streams. I appreciate you all. Jeremy, Joel, have a good show. Thanks, Bye, so much. Safe travels today. Safe travels. Thank yeah. you. Uh, so it's, it's nice when we get to do this um, with Sean in a non-Eggman way. I want to say no eggs today. <laughs> no That's, eggs today. You know, you got to be committed to the bit. We're talking about Bray and his commitment to things. We, have, we need the commitment to the egg bit here. You needed to show up in like a giant egg costume. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. My eggs are actually being delivered right now. <laughs> Let see. Let, let's see where the dasher is. Hold on. <laughs> I'm not going to try to upstage Becca. No, that's fine. <laughs> you can't anyway because she's just she's an international pop star. Yeah, you're gonna give out. Please don't give out like an we'll address or anything. Okay. Yeah, that's never happened to me before, huh? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, please don't do any of that. Yeah, don't don't want everybody to know where my coat stash is. <laughs> my God, what a week! Oh my goodness. <laughs> uh, <laughs> All right, <laughs> the, the eggs have been. Uh, the eggs have been discussed. Eleven fourteen, Sean will get it. Maybe he'll come back on at the end of the show and uh, eat eggs and have his piss with them. <laughs> oh God, it's just something I don't want to think about. Uh, Justin Rivera sent another super chat. Even the things that didn't work, Bray made work. I'll never forget the Manolander makeup against Finn or the we, belts. Look, we are not hating, and he says, "What a legend." What we a legend. ain't hating on the Fiend belt. No, all right. $6,500 of greatness. <laughs> I remember I was with Sean. Uh, we were at Wrestle uh, WrestleCade. I was with Sean. And uh, the Fiend Belt had like just debuted. And then we saw it on shop. And it was like $1,000 on shop if you wanted to buy it. And Sean is like, you see this Fiend Belt that they're making? It's like, it's $1,000. I was like... That's the belt you should have got. Like your your adventure. We went on a belt adventure the night before. Sean, we went to like five different stores looking for a belt for Sean to hold his pants up. Like this is the belt you should have bought. The the fiend belt to hold your pants up to do these interviews today. The fiend belt was awesome. I love me some custom titles because that's just fun to me. It's a nice again, creativity, uh, a nice like um uh what's a, a unique original spin on a title uh, that's tied to a certain performer Dude, the fiend belt we ain't hating on that thing that ruled absolutely ruled that was the the best worst thing ever did you ever see one in the wild at a show i don't think well the problem was is like it came out and the pandemic was like three months later oh my god um, right <laughs> so they didn't unfortunately have enough time to be in the wild. I think had, had there been that time, we would have seen plenty of them. I think we would have seen plenty of them, but I don't know if I went, I was at WrestleCade and again, that's when like they kind of debuted. And then, you know, by March we were in WrestleCade's end of November by mid March, we were all in our houses. So yeah, I, I don't think I went to a show between. I'm sure if you went to like Royal Rumble 2020, that was uh Brian and and Bray in the strap match. By the way, uh, I'm sure if you went to Royal Rumble 2020, there was probably some fiend belts out there. Mike Straws in the chat. My nephew bought one, has it on his wall. Oh, how, how far away is your nephew, Mike? Can you get to his house and be back by the end of this show to show it off? Oh my goodness, could you imagine? 
just to just to, just to pop us. That's all we're doing here, and I'm all about it. Uh, just a reminder, folks. Becca's going to be joining us in about uh, five minutes, hopefully. Uh, going to talk about Vacation Land Cup. She's got a first round match against Aaron Rourke. There's a whole lot of talent on that card. Looking forward to talking with her very shortly. Yes, uh, Becca, Becca's going to be here um, talking to her about Vacation Land Cup from from Limitless. Talking about, I'm sure, some MLW stuff uh, that, that she's she's been doing with Love Doug, who is her admirer out there, and uh, you know everything else she has going on. Her, we'll talk about we'll talk to her about some pop music. She's an international pop star, Joel. She is. I want to talk to her about her musical training because clearly she's done something right. She just wrestled Maki Ito. That doesn't sound very fun. <laughs> I'm looking forward to that. Talking about that. She's she's had some experiences, man. She's done WWE. She's done Ring of Honor. Uh, I'm pretty sure she's done some some AEW uh, enhancement work as well. So there you go. She's uh, she's she's had some really cool stuff happen to her so far. So looking forward to talking with Becca very shortly. Um, and then after that, I think we'll we'll probably transition. Uh, to talking about some all in and just getting ready for the weekend uh, because you know for better or worse like jeremy said the the wrestling world does continue and i'm sure a lot of people are going to be giving their bray wyatt Wyndham rotunda husky harris whatever you want to call them at this point uh their their um tributes and their spots and they're going to do their things for him and i i, I look forward to seeing those because those tribute spots are always a lot of fun and uh they'll do it for terry funk as well so someone's gonna do an awkward plancha of some sorts and it's gonna be great <laughs> eddie eddie kingston's gonna do something right like yeah. Eddie yeah. Kingston, i made this did i was this on wednesday yes it was we were talking about eddie kingston on a horse and everyone was like no way eddie <laughs> kingston's gonna get on a horse now that he might, now. Gone, he might get yeah. on the damn horse <laughs> he, he might be worried about that horse bucking him like it did to funk yes. in that barnyard match that wouldn't be good oh my goodness could you huh Either way, uh, there's, there's going to be a lot of really – the wrestlers are going to make the wrestling fun in a time when wrestling doesn't feel like it's a lot of fun. And uh, God bless them for that, man, because it ain't, it ain't the easiest thing, that's for sure. Uh, wrestling with movies sends a super chat saying, Cena's tweet was perfect this morning. All love. Uh, let's pull it up real quick. We'll read it to you. Devastated by the news of the passing of Wyndham Rotunda. My heart goes out to the entire Rotunda family. Wyndham brought the best out of me in so many ways. I'm forever grateful for the moments we shared. A sad day for all those he's reached around the world. R.I.P. Uh, yeah, simple, elegant. John Cena and Bray Wyatt had a hell of a match at WrestleMania 36 Pandemic Mania. And uh, man, people still talk about it. They're going to talk about it forever. NWO Cena. That was it. You can look, but you can't touch. <laughs> oh, that popped me so much rewatching it last night. Um, yeah, when you when you talk about that match again, I get if it's not for you and everything, but like the creative that they were able to do in that, and it was at a time. You know, you want to talk about stifling creative in Bray, where they they fumbled some stuff with him, and they did. Let's be honest about it. They they did that match though because of the circumstances and because of who was involved, like John Cena was involved. John Cena kind of gets to do what he wants. Um, and, and because of, because of the circumstances where we're in a pandemic and we are, um, you know, there's no fans or anything like that. It felt like that was just them and Bray being allowed to just be themselves on thing. Like no matter what they pitched for that, 
Vince, whoever, Bruce Pritchard, whoever was running things, we're just going to be like, you know what? Sure, go for it. Whatever you want to do. Because we ain't doing anything else. We don't really have any restrictions. We don't really have any limitations. We're in this warehouse. We have all this stuff at our disposal. They threw it together pretty quickly. Uh, you know, It was just a couple of weeks, a week or two, when we found out everything was going to have to be moved and everything. So you know, they, they threw it together quickly. And the fact that they were able to pull it off in that way, and this again goes to the uh, the willingness of, of John Cena and Bray Wyatt, because you know they did their personal shots and like the the biggest disappointment in history when it came to to John Cena talking about Bray, obviously the the Nikki stuff, and oh you should have turned heel stuff, I should have won at WrestleMania thirty. Like they were willing to just kind of like touch on that kind of stuff and let each other dig at each other in that way. And there was a clear respect that they had for each other. Yeah, go back and watch that and realize one that WWE can do some really creative stuff when they're pushed into a corner. Um, and two, uh, just everything that, that Cena and Bray were able to do in that match with those circumstances, because, you know, when they announced that match, I didn't know what we were going to get when it was supposed to be in front of a live audience. So they had to adapt in a warehouse and out of everybody, they were able to make the most of that situation. I'm ready. If you're ready, I'm ready. If our guest is ready, she can give me a thumbs up. She is She's backstage hanging out, doing the thing. Oh, yeah. I love asking for thumbs up off air because that just makes everyone <laughs> wonder. They're on edge. Are they ready? Are they, they going to have big te- technical difficulties? Probably not. Ladies and gentlemen, friends beyond the binary, you may have seen her on MLW. You may have seen her as part of AEW. You may have seen her with WWE at one point. Maybe you've seen her face as an international pop star that she is. She'll be at Limitless wrestling's vacation land cup her first round match against aaron rourke she's the one the only the pop star herself becca joins us now how you doing becca hey i'm good how are you we're doing well thanks for joining us thank you uh so this weekend with vacation land cup just give us a an overall thoughts and rundown on things and what fans can expect from the vacation land cup um uh this weekend on iwtv yeah, so um, this is my second Vacation Land Cup. Um, two years ago, I entered in the first round um, and, yeah, was unfortunately did not make it to the finals. Um, the following year, I did not participate. Um, I kind of, you know, got a little shortcut and got a title shot that night uh, for the Limitless Championship against Alec Price. And, um unfortunately did not win that one either. So I kind of see this as another chance for me to um, fulfill my destiny as I see it at Limitless and um, get another shot at the Limitless World Championship. Um, I think I've really grown a lot uh, over the past few years. So I think I deserve another shot and um, I'm going to take it. Quite a lot of people taking a look at the uh, at, at the Vacation Lane Cup brackets. I mean, you're facing Aaron Rourke in the first round. On the same side of that bracket, you've got Desmond Cole and JT Dunn. Ichiban's facing Channing Thomas on the other side. And Alec Price, who we just talked about, he's facing Kevin Blackwood, who's another rising star in the independents. If you had all these guys in front of you, who would you want in that final? Who do you want to beat up in that final? Um. Wow, that's a good question. Uh. 
I feel like I haven't thought about it too much just because I feel like I've seen a lot of upsets in Vacation Land Cup tournaments before. So I feel like it's not always easy to predict who's going to advance. Um, I think, honestly, I would like JT, Dunn, and Alex to both be in the finals with me um, because they've both beaten me <laughs> before at Limitless. So I would like to beat them. <laughs> so. uh, when it When it comes to being part of Limitless, and you've been there for, I think, over three years now, and starting as basic Becca and then trans, uh, transitioning into international pop star Becca. Talk to us about your last three years in Limitless and really the all over the independent scene and the overall transition from basic Becca to international pop star. Yeah, I think that Limitless has like really seen my full evolution so far because it was one of the first places to um, book me consistently. So... I consider it my home and because of that, yeah, I think from the beginning, um, I, the audience has kind of seen me grow up a little bit. Um, so yeah, when I first started wrestling, I think I was a little less confident. So I did kind of see myself as more like basic Becca, like whatever, like, you know, scrunchy girl It's kind of evolved into that. And um, I think now I've kind of like found myself and found my confidence and um, yeah, I've, I feel that this like pop star evolution, so to speak is like, it's who I really am. It's like bold and um, yeah, confident and honestly just more confident all around, including in the ring. Talk to me about uh, this bedazzled guitar that you, one of your Beckonators <laughs> made. I'm looking, I saw this on your Instagram and I was like, my God. And like, I, I, I play guitar too. And I was just like, where did this come from? Talk to me about this thing. Do you still have it? Is it still part of your repertoire? Let's hear it. Yeah, I do have it. Um, so yeah, I did a fans bring the weapons match against uh, Matt Tremont earlier this year. And uh <laughs> Yeah, somebody made that. Um, I forget their Instagram handle, but I think I tagged them in one of the posts. Um, yeah, they made this bedazzled thumbtack guitar, um, and I hit Tremont with it a bunch of times. So it's like kind of broken, um, but I do have the pieces, and I loved it so much. And yeah, I just love how creative um, my Beckonators are. They've made various weapons for me. <laughs> I also had some heel nunchucks made for me um, for my fans bring the weapons match against um, Alec and uh, a thumbtack microphone, uh, which I also li liked a lot. Um, but yeah, I liked the thumbtack guitar so much that I made my own um, for my um, street fight against Shannon Levangi at Wrestling Open. So that one I don't have. I don't know where that one is. It might be broken completely. So some of your Beckonators are uh, maybe gang affiliated because they have some very interesting ideas. That's <laughs> <laughs> what it's going. Actually, because because I asked this of, of all the wrestlers who do uh, fans bring the weapons match, I, I don't even need to ask you what like the most creative weapon you've been presented with is. But if you're a fan bringing a weapon to a, one of those matches, what would you bring? That's 
Oh, man. I guess it depends who the person is. I feel like what I liked about the weapons that were brought for me was that they suited my personality and my pop star persona so well. Like, I was like, of course I have a spiked microphone. Like, that's perfect. Like, I bring a microphone with me to the ring all the time. Um, so why would I not have a spiked microphone in, like, you know, a fans bring the weapons scenario? Um so yeah, I feel like it, it depends on the person, but I will say I do like uh, thumbtacks. I like the aesthetic of the thumbtacks. They're very like glittery. And um, I also like, you know, the damage that they can do. So I'd probably do something thumbtack related. You, you didn't have to get into a, a full on death match with uh, Maki Ito. Uh, at GCW Homecoming, but what was it like wrestling Maki Ito uh, and being part of uh, such a big GCW weekend? It was really exciting to debut for GCW um, as a part of their Homecoming weekend. I thought that was really cool. Um, and yeah, Maki's crazy. That's all I can really say. <laughs> She's just wild. Um, yeah. <laughs> Would you be willing to take the pizza cutter from, from Maki Ito? depends do i have my thumbtack guitar like sure i'm gonna hit her with that all right yeah it's a it's a it's a full-on death match we'll we'll (laughs) go becca against maki ito in a death match and you can have the thumbtack guitar and she's gonna have the pizza cutter i'm down (laughs) i don't care who books it but now i gotta see it so (laughs) someone's gotta get on this now uh let's go back to uh to february um you uh you had a match on friday night smackdown on wwe am i right was that no, it was February. Uh, talk to me about this. You faced Lacey Evans. It was a, a quick match, but how was your WWE experience? It was awesome. It was, um, yeah, wrestling live. That was like my first like live TV wrestling experience. So that was really cool. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't know what else to say about it. It was a great experience. I learned a lot, and it was cool to be a part of SmackDown. Any feedback from anybody backstage? Yeah, I I received um, a lot of really helpful feedback backstage. Um, So everyone was very supportive and helpful. Oh, sorry, Joel. I thought you had a follow-up on the uh, SmackDown question. you, you You hit it for me. Okay. Um, how about uh, your experiences in AEW and, and also ROH then? How, how are those uh, working with both those companies? Honestly, um, I had a similar experience um, every time I've done, um, you know, extra work for them. It's been a great experience. Uh, I've learned a lot and I, I always get great feedback, like coming to the back, like critiques and, um, things I could do better next time. And I think it's helped me a lot. So I'm very happy I've gotten to do that. I'm just, I'm taking a look and I'm seeing uh, you had uh, some experience with uh, Team C Stars. And of course, we know that Delmi Exo is the uh, the MLW uh, featherweight champion. Is that a, a title that uh, you as Becca, the international pop star, are going to want to take a shot at down the line? Or are you more focused on your your musical aspirations? Oh, yeah. I mean, of course I want it. <laughs> <laughs> how was it? I'd like both of her. 
Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Oh, no, I'm sorry. I'm sorry to cut you off. Um, go, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, I want both of those titles. Also the WXW women's champion, which I would like to be at some point. That's right. We got to get you to Germany. How's your German? <laughs> it's my German is not great, um, but I do love Germany and wrestling there. I'm going back um, in a few weeks for Tag League, the uh, tag tournament, WSW. But yeah, I'll be tagging with Aaron Rourke. (laughs) Nice. Uh, How was performing at MLW Never Say Never, uh, that that live performance? uh, How how was that? You know, it was iconic. Um, I think it changed MLW forever. You you have a stalker now and love Doug. I mean, what what's this guy's deal? I don't know, but I think it's a pattern of behavior, and I think that he needs help, <laughs> professional help. <laughs> um, I, I want to ask you about beating up podcast hosts because you you have some history in this. Uh, so this is a two part question. One, you've kicked John Alba in the face. <laughs> How good does that feel? Because he has a very kickable and punchable face, in my opinion. (laughs) And two, if you ever see this man this way, would you kick him in the face, please? Um, it depends. It like what is he gonna do? Something? No, just kick him. Like look at him. Never. Okay. (laughs) You don't get in trouble for it or anything. (laughs) Yeah, just kick him. All right. I don't see how this is fair in any conceivable manner that I'm the one who gets punched and kicked. Yeah, why don't you get kicked? Thank you. Why doesn't Jeremy get kicked? Because you're not willing to ask other wrestlers to kick me, and I am. (laughs) That's why. That's a valid point. I was going to say, I also leave the house more to talk to wrestlers than you do. How was kicking John Alba, though, and just working with uh, that guy overall? Oh, it was very satisfying. I think that whole match was a lot of fun. Um, You know, got to team up with some of my besties and, um, you know, beat up John Alba. (laughs) Living the dream out there. Yeah, what more could you want? (laughs) Yes. Uh, When it comes to being a pop star and an international pop star, who are some of your influences musically? Musically, um, I have a variety of influences, um, but I'll say like Charlie XCX um, is a big influence for me. A lot of like hyper pop, um, Sophie, another huge influence for me. Um, but honestly, I I think in terms of just like aesthetic and attitude and like presence etc um it all comes down to britney for me okay yeah. now, now maybe not Brit- sound necessarily but <laughs> just she is the pop star you know so. okay let's have a britney <laughs> discussion now favorite britney song um oh man this is maybe controversial. I'm gonna say, "You better work, bitch." I think. <laughs> oh, you're more I, the new school Britney. 
I love that song. I'm not going to lie. I listen to it probably every time that I work out. Um, <laughs> I think that it's one of the most motivating songs ever created. And it may not be, you know, the deepest song, have the most, you know, emotional meaning. But, um, you know, I'm not about the emotions these days. I'm about getting my work done. And when Brittany tells me to work, bitch, I work. <laughs> That's all the motivation you need. Like if Brittany is telling yeah. you, who cares what anybody else is telling you? Exactly. The, one of the biggest pop stars of all time is out here saying this stuff. Um, all right, this is going to make our make or break our relationship, Becca. I hope you know that. This is a very important question. This right is the here. kick them in the face question. Yeah, this is very important. What are your thoughts on Taylor Swift? Um, well, I think that she is, um, you know, very iconic performer. I appreciate that she is, you know, stays true to herself and her brand. Um, I think that, you know, she always looks great and I do, you know, I do enjoy her music. Um, I think there's a little bit of competitiveness with me, with her, cause she's like, you know, the pop star of the moment right now. And so, um, you know, she's okay. Oh, just, ah. <laughs> I'm wearing I'm wearing my Taylor Swift t-shirt and everything, but you said nice things about her. If we can book you against Taylor Swift, maybe you could tack her on like a Eras tour or something, and we could set up a big match here. Oh, I have the match. I know it says Gaga, but we're gonna put Taylor Swift. It's a microphone on a pole match. Wait, I don't know. Gaga might be. <laughs> do you want to do Gaga instead? Let's go. I well, who do you think would be more of a challenge for me to fight, Gaga or Taylor Swift? Because oh, I love you know, love Taylor, but I feel like I could take her down pretty easy, but I feel yeah. like Gaga throws hands. Okay, yeah. Yes, Gaga, if if it's one-on-one, yeah, you, Gaga's gonna be wild. Taylor Swift, you, you get a swarm of fans, game over. You're gonna just be taken down. <laughs> you get to the ring. You'll be taken out, like, in your apartment somehow. So Someone's gonna know where you're staying, and it's game over. You're not even gonna make it. Wait, you're so right. Like, I would have to get facial re- like i would have to change my face like i have to move change my name like they would still find me yeah yeah you don't want to mess with the the swifty fan base it's it's over look gaga's got her little monsters though she's got she got a big time fan base yeah. as well i feel like if we're just talking a fight here one-on-one taylor does have some some good size she she looks like she's rangy she, she's got some length to her if she knows how to keep some some distance Gaga looks like she just scraps though, and I don't exactly. know if you if, like, if it's like a street fight. I wouldn't want to meet Gaga on the streets. That that seems rough. But here's the thing: Becca's been in so many like fans bring the weapons matches, hardcore matches. Like you have beat the shit out of so many people with weapons. Someone might just bring you like a guitar with stump- thumbtacks on it, and you'll be good. Exactly. Yeah, I do have the experience advantage. Um... Yeah, I think also the aesthetics of me versus Gaga might beat out me versus Taylor. Um, Because, yeah, I don't don't know. She's wild. Gaga's wild. Forget Maki Ito. I now want the smash to be. You know what? Throw Maki in there, too. Let's go. Like a triple threat. 
<laughs> I'm so excited for it. Oh man, uh, <laughs> Jeremy, I don't know if you have a last question. Oh, I was gonna uh, have Becca if it let everybody know where they can find you at on socials, and then tell everyone to tune in to the Vacation Land Cup. Uh, that's on Saturday. Uh, it'll be on IWTV. Everyone can check out the the big show from Limitless, and the winner of the Vacation Land Cup gets a shot at the uh, Limitless Championship. But let everybody know where they can find you at, Becca. Yeah, you can follow me um, Twitter, Instagram at B3CCA Forever also my website d3ccaforever.com you can find merch um i have links to my music posted there also streaming on spotify apple music youtube music and yeah watch iwtv tomorrow um watch me win the vacation Land cup so. <laughs> there you go you can find back on mlw as well getting stalked by love doug uh simulate every week at this point uh, all over the place as an international pop star Thank you. Thank you so much, Becca. Thank you for joining us this morning. Thank you. Good luck. There we go. That was Becca, everybody. Big shout out to her for, for joining us. Um, really, regardless of, of circumstances, we just appreciate uh, the, the guests that, that appear on this show. I will give a, a shout out to uh, one John Alba who helped set that up as well. So thank you to Alba and hopefully he gets kicked in the face. I guess he'll be in Chicago uh, next week. Someone kick him in Chicago. In the face, though. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Just making yeah. sure. Uh, you know what? I, I going into today, I know you and I were like unsure of how an interview like this would go, and given the news, and you know, we spent the first hour and a bit talking about uh, about Wyndham and everything. I'm really glad that we did this interview because it brings a little bit of levity onto our show, and we had a, a good chat. Uh, we got to talk about having a, a hardcore match with Taylor Swift <laughs> and Lady Gaga and Makito. It's um, it's so much fun. It's good stuff. Uh, now, Becca, yeah, Becca was great, and like the music questions were more important than the wrestling questions. Let's let's be honest really about things here. It's what I'm here for. I'm here for the music uh, questions. The crossover is meaningless as long <laughs> as I get to talk to her about. Uh, <laughs> her musical experience that guitar is wild go to her instagram go find it because it's it's pretty cool <laughs> oh man uh let's uh i want to get this la- the super chat and then uh we can we can move uh in towards uh all in conversation andrew the giant sent one just before becca showed up uh it's la knight spoke before about how important he was to him bray wyatt uh getting over however or sorry whatever you say about the match being adjacent to bray uh added importance to him talking about the uh excuse me, talking about the, the pitch black match. And uh, it's true. He, he Bray made the most of everything that was put in front of him. And that was, that's the, I, if there's one takeaway professionally that you can take from, from Wyndham Rotunda from Bray Wyatt, it's that he took everything and did his absolute best with it. Even when it didn't look like it was going to be great, he still tried to make it. So the thing that, uh, you know, people, got to understand when it comes to the sponsorship stuff as well. I was listening to Matt Hardy's podcast this morning and he talked about the Texas chainsaw death match massacre match. And I understand people like didn't like the, the pitch black match and maybe he didn't like, like the buildup and, and all this other stuff. Like I understand some of that, but like when they get the, the sponsorship deals, a lot of times these sponsors are very specific on what they want. And the companies and the wrestlers got to go out there and fulfill that. And it might hurt the build to a match and it might hurt the match itself. But like you, at the end of the day, you got to make these sponsors happy because they're probably paying a lot of money for this stuff. 
and Bray was put in that position of maybe a pitch black match doesn't make sense for this storyline, but this is what we got to build to. How are we going to get there? And then how it played out, played out. Could have been better in some instances, probably. Could the, the match have been better and different? No, because it absolutely ruled in every sense of the word. And Bray getting Bo Dallas to take that bump and then the fire going off at the wrong time as it happened. Just peak pro wrestling, pro wrestling in its finest form out there. But yeah, when it comes to a lot of stuff, you got to make sponsors happy and you got to make... Uh, even maybe even some of the Bray stuff that he wanted to do. We can't do that. We gotta, we gotta, we're a PG show. We gotta maybe tone down some of this stuff. We don't know. We don't know those conversations that are behind the scenes. We only know what we see on TV and that's probably only, you know, half of what's actually being discussed and being brought to the table. But that's just what we get to see because there's a lot of factors at play. So to wrap that all around of what you talked about what Sean talked about what I mentioned earlier no matter what was given to Bray whether it was an edict by Vince Triple H a writer whoever he was working with a sponsor a television head uh, standards and practices the man went out there and committed and did his absolute best with it even if it wasn't his full-on creative vision even if they they neutered it a little bit man went out there and said okay I'm going to make this shit work though. And he did. Absolutely. Uh, let's move on. We're going to talk about uh, AW all in. Uh, if you continue sending us super chats, it does not have to be Bray Wyatt related. Um, but if you choose to, you can keep doing that. Uh, if you said literally any super chat you send in is going to go to Wyndham Rotunda's family. It could be about all in. It could be about Becca, whatever it is. Uh, anything that that's sent to us on this show for the rest of the show is going to Wyndham Rotunda and his, uh, his family. Uh, Auntie Collins sends one, for example, love to the boys today. And we appreciate you too. We send our love as well thank you for that uh, someone asked if sean ross sap joined the stream he did earlier go ahead jeremy um thank you for for joining for yeah sending sending the uh super chats uh thanks uh auntie collins and yeah sean was on earlier i before we transitioned i wanted to make sure i, I got this out there because it was about the the becca interview uh our pal john alba sent, sent me a message she says can you tell them I, I said thank you and she said probably my favorite interview i've done so there you go I love it when talent lies to us. That's <laughs> yeah, I know, right? <laughs> Thank you for for lying, Becca. Uh, but no, she she was fantastic, yes. and uh, hopefully, hopefully, she did uh, actually enjoy it and is not lying on this. But yes, <laughs> we appreciate it. We appreciate it. Um, yeah, that's go. good stuff. Thank <laughs> you for sharing that. That's very funny. Uh, so yeah, let, let's talk about all in. Uh, there's a there is a press junket happening uh, as we speak over yeah, right now. I saw that Denise Salcedo is over there. She's getting all this well, conversations going at least. Denise so. Salcedo does these interviews and then like they're posted within like a minute after she is read. I don't know the kind of internet what, the hotspot she has. It is always the greatest thing in the world. It's always clean audio and everything. An absolute monster of a human, Denise Salcedo, despite her size. <laughs> I was going to say, when we were at uh, Forbidden Door in Toronto, she was like, as we were leaving, it's 2.30 in the morning, and she's got like her camera and her tripod and her bag and her computer. And she's carrying everything, and people are just like, can we give, like, people for media. We were all just sitting in a room together. Like, can we give you a hand, like, to get you to where you're going? She's like, nope, I do this solo all the time. She just, just amazing. I, again, I... 
I put her over because she deserves the flowers every time she gets in. She does the work. She goes back to her hotel. She uploads, cuts everything. Everything gets done because she's right there immediately. She works like a like a son of a bitch. She is amazing. But yeah, so that's going on. Uh, the junk is going to be there. Tempest is there on behalf of Fightful. Uh, we're looking forward to the conversations that come from that. But uh, there's a show. It's on Sunday. It's uh, going to be 80,000 strong. Some changes have been made to the show uh, as we kind of break down the card like everyone. Well, our favorite matches and some of the changes that have come with it, because I don't think we need to go match my match. It's just we're going to talk a little bit about what we're looking forward to. But, you know, scale of uh, one to 10, Jeremy, now that we know how this card shaped up, uh, how are you feeling about it? I, I I know I said this on Wednesday of like, I'm looking forward to it. If it, it like as a vacuum, as a show, uh, obviously my position's just a little bit different because it's a long day. It's even more different now with everything ha- that's happened since Wednesday. I, I'm actually looking forward to it more because it will be kind of a nice little escape after everything that, it, that has happened these past couple of days. And like looking at the card, I've complained a little bit about the build. I've, I've tried to give constructive criticism. I don't say complain. That makes it just seem like I'm, I'm just like, ah, that sucks. Um, I've tried to give constructive, constructive criticism about the build, but overall I, I look at the card and I'm like, it's going to be a good show. I know it's going to be a good show. I know there's going to be a lot of fun stuff. I know everybody's going to go out there and they're going to bust their ass and it's going to, it's going to be a fantastic show. It's going to be a memorable show. Like wrestling wise, even just, the totality of it all, the moment of it all. It's going to be very memorable. So I'm excited. There's stuff that I wish could have been done better. There's additions I probably would have made, subtractions I probably would have made. But overall, I'm looking forward to this show. And I I love that it's an afternoon show. All wrestling shows should be in the afternoon and on Saturdays. I'll be watching it at uh, midnight Eastern on replay because I will have come back from emergence and spending the day with, uh, with family. So I'm going to catch up on it. Probably honestly, probably going to be good for the best because I won't have to handle the hot takes and the immediate reactions. I can take it in all one by one, especially if uh, my prediction from Wednesday comes through because AR Fox is out of the coffin match. Christian Cage. Yeah. AR Fox for some reason also seemingly out of mogul affiliates uh mogul embassy as it is uh darby allen and sting take on source Strickland and C- christian cage i understand the christian side of this considering it's going to be the tnt championship on the line at all out a week later so you kind of factor in the tnt championship picture but the way that we got to it with the, with ar fox and the backstage portion of the conversation made this a very confusing setup for the coffin match uh so yeah let's let's talk about this for a second it's it's strange um you know what i i don't know with fox nothing's been explicitly stated of his travel and and everything so i have no idea jensen and i talked about this yesterday i don't want to hit too many of the the same points but kicking fox out seems like a reactionary call to him not being able to do this match they could have maybe done something different on on this and, and Jensen, an idea that I really liked was there was security footage of, of Fox, like continuing like assaulting Nick Wayne at a different time. And he basically got arrested for, for that. And then you're not kicking him out of the group. You're just, but it makes it always oh, he's arrested. So he can't participate in this match type of thing. And then you put Christian in there, but yeah, kicking, kicking Fox out of the group does 
kind of suck because it just was getting started. I really like the pairing between Swerve and and Fox. That was a long-term thing. I don't think Swerve and Christian is a long-term thing. It just seems like a thing to do because it's all in and they needed something. And Christian makes sense because, um, you know, Christian Christian makes sense because we got Darby and Luchasaurus the, the following week. The wife just messaged said with cash, those probably aren't great optics. I understand that. I would hope maybe people understand the the difference uh, when it comes to wrestling and the the real life portion of that. But I I get that that yeah it it maybe isn't great optics of hey let's have an AEW wrestler wrestle, arrested on television when an AEW wrestler is going through something personally in in actual real life. Same time Cash is freaking wrestling on this show so. I don't know, AEW handles these situations better than real life handles them. I don't know. I, I just think there could have been other ways to to do this other than kicking Swerve out of the group. And I one of the way I suggested was like he loses the match and then Swerve is just disappointed, doesn't kick him out of the group, but it's a life lesson of like, look, you don't capitalize on your moment on dynamite. I can't trust you to capitalize in eighty thousand people in front of Wembley. I need somebody who's been in this position before. Get your shit together. Uh, step your game up type of thing and then out comes brian cage and everyone's still confused yeah. <laughs> just the, the whole the whole segment was very confusing i stand by more now than i did before my sting is being put in that coffin scenario <sighs> it's i get it i know it's a tough uh, i don't want to say it's a tough pill to swallow because no but it's not i'm not trying to be dickish about it but like the more i think about it tony khan talking about it so much you know, Sting is undefeated. Sting has had a great run. Sting's amazing. Sting can do whatever he wants. Darby Allen has a TNT championship spot. Swerve Strickland's on the ascent. Christian Cage is doing what he's doing. You could put Christian in the coffin, but it just, it's not the same. Unless you tie it into like, Christian keeps making fun of everyone's dead dad. And yeah, you know, that's it's exactly how you tie it in. Good. Well, and then I guess then Christian gets freaked out and he's just like, ah, and then he stops talking about everyone's dad. But they've already buried Christian once this year. Like, just have him keep doing that. Well, sure, you can. Oh. And then Luchasaurus has to show up the following week and Christian's not there because he's still in the, the coffin. And then Luchasaurus loses no. to Darby. Luchasaurus has a segment on Dynamite where he's just talking in front of a, a room that is in the far off. It's, it's like it's on fire. And then we get Christian Saurus. That was the introduction to Luchasaurus when Christian. Do I have to do like, do I have to do the Will Washington BTE bit where I. No. I'm just no selling this. You can, I could tell. Move on. Yeah. I can tell. I, I don't know. I think that Sting might actually be put in a coffin uh, and it'll turn him into Joker Sting. Look, if you're correct, you can take your victory lap because we will. love doing that on this show. I just don't see Tony Khan doing that in front of 80,000 people and not giving Sting this victory moment to where he gets cheered by everybody. No, that's the, what... The, Sting, Sting gets put in the coffin, and then Tony comes running down all the way with the microphone, being like, "No, this isn't how it's supposed to happen." And then he starts breaking the fourth wall, and it's WCW 1999 again. This this is not what Tony 
we we're throwing the story out the window here. We are going for they might pr- put Prince Nana in the coffin. That's how they friggin' win the match, honestly. Yeah, like, I, I heard that discussion. It's I don't. Oh, think really? I thought yeah. that was some lyrical genius. But no, sorry, buddy. <laughs> You're good, but you ain't that great. Uh, <laughs> Jericho Will Osprey. This is the the segment was really good on Wednesday in terms of getting people excited for the match. The 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 depth chart, not the depth chart, but the heel face chart is kind of all over the place with this match. Uh, it's all when, over the place with this whole damn show. What are we talking about? <laughs> that's, and again, that's kind of one of the things with AEW that like, I kind of take issue with is that uh, in, a, in a company where everyone is over at the same time, nobody's over, you know, it's, it's everyone is cheered for, but nobody has, except for Christian cage has like that, that heat and Don Callis, which like they're both, men in their mid 40s early 50s so they've done this before uh but jericho and osprey again i'm i'm very curious about this match i'm looking forward to jericho showing up copper box on saturday and uh he's got his big big concert i guess and i love that will brought that up he just wanted to say that. oh yeah he's like this is a vanity project to see your band can play i was like well bruv clearly will's clearly reading the internet bruv what are we doing here bruv oh i love will osprey uh just he's come such a long way as a promo too i think he's like arguably the best wrestler in the world right now it's gonna be a good match i mean i'd have osprey win but then i don't think he's staying in AEW long term or anything he's got stuff to do in new japan i don't know if he's booked for the upcoming no he is He's defending the title against Yoda Suji um, at the one of the upcoming destruction shows, but they start tour uh, September eighth. So I'm looking at their their tour schedule to see if Osprey is is part of all of these shows, and it looks like he doesn't look like he's part of the upcoming tour shows, at least the opening night of the tour. So it's possible that he kind of sticks around and maybe does some stuff with, with AEW because it doesn't look like he is uh, part of the... Oh, here he is. Okay, never mind. So he's not part of the first night of the tour, which is September 8th, but by September 11th, he does get get on the tour. So never mind. It doesn't look like he'll be sticking around in AEW. But Osprey should still win. <laughs> Sorry, I just read this. <laughs> about Christian Cage roaring in a turtleneck. <laughs> Christian Soros. <laughs> sure. Sure. At least Dave made it funny. You're mine, mine was funny too. Now roar. Uh, no. And then Ed shows up and he's Edge Soros. Anyway, stadium stampede. Uh, Eddie Kingston's going to ride a horse. Uh, best friends are, are going to be there. And Orange Cassidy. I, I still think that they'll, they'll, they'll do a battle Royal. They should in the, uh, on the card. And then the winner of that, not the same night gets, Orange Cassidy because he's part of the uh, stadium stampede match, but I would love to see the winner of that uh, this battle royal that doesn't exist yet get a shot at All Out for Orange Cassidy's uh, title. But I feel like they might just do it on Dynamite instead. Yeah, it makes sense to to have a battle royal added to this show because let's pay tribute to the original All In, um, and it does feel like. You know, there's a lot of people on this card or on this roster who are not on this card. And typically these big cards, I think that's why we got so many multi-man matches. You want to get as many people on the roster as you can. I'm stunned, stunned. We've only got one women's match. And unless they do a women's battle Royal, like 
that's all we're going to get. We're going to get the one women's match. Remember on Wednesday when you and I said to each other, Sky Blue and Ruby Soho, why are they doing this? And one of us said, oh, unless Ruby Soho is going to be like, I want the TBS title. And the other one said, what is the, like, what is the reason for that? Like, what is it? Because we have Diamante and we have Willow and we have Chris Stalin or we have Mercedes Martinez doing stuff on Collision. What is the point of someone like Ruby? So, and we just we had this round and round conversation and we both agreed it's stupid. And then what does AEW do on Wednesday? Exactly the thing that we said. <laughs> and it seems like that might, maybe that's an all out thing, but I don't it's think like, you're adding that to, to all in at this point. No. If you're going to add, I think the only additions to this card and look, we're 48 hours away from this card uh if you're gonna add anything it's probably just gonna be a battle royal on men's or women's i don't think they're gonna make any like late additions maybe they do add ruby and chris to the pre-show and that's announced on collision or maybe rampage tonight i don't know um like maybe they maybe they do add that uh i might it, it does feel like it's gonna be an all-out thing though more than more than all in and you know ruby yeah she made the challenge and everything but like maybe show up on collision and do that stuff there's nine matches on this card that's usually what tony's been sticking to lately plus you've got the zero hour where there's only the one match announced um, they, two. Oh, two, two. Right. They, they announced the ftr uh, the ftw championship yeah. match between hook and uh jack perry that's gonna Come, they, they announced it, but the, that's all going to get set up on Collision on Saturday. Yeah, they, Tony just spoiled it on AEW Unrestricted. Buddy, I, I, so I'll typically watch, uh, listen to Unrestricted, even when Tony does the, the promotional things. I made it the first 10, 15 minutes. I've never heard a man say, Adam Cole, MJF, biggest match ever, and then the zero hour. The promotional train, like he, the circular, it was just a circular motion he kept making as he kept talking about this 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 thread this match and i'm like did somebody screw up the editing is this like not supposed to be this way no, no. <laughs> he was singing it over and over again it's very easy i've you know listened to enough tony khan interviews you learn how to parse through everything um i, I stuck with it the whole way through God because bless. i was just oh yeah you know i'm committed and then he now he said that thing at the very end. I was like, oh, thank God. I was This wasn't a complete waste of 45 minutes as he just built up there, praised the show that he booked. Here's, here's the thing with Tony Khan. Bless Tony. He does these like uh, uh, local hits and stuff, right? Like I listened to him on a lot of local radio shows. So they were going to Nashville or yeah, Nashville the other week, right? That was the, the Jarrett uh, thing. Tony's got to stop saying everything is tremendous and huge and important and big. Because when you tell me this is what he did this on this local show, he, he's asked about all in. He's like, Oh, all in. It's such a big show. It's a monumental show in the history of AEW. It's going to be one of our, I think he even said one of our biggest shows of all time. He's like, you know what else is a big show for us? You know what else is a very important show for us? Dynamite this Wednesday. I'm like, Tony, I get what you're trying to do. You're trying to make Dynamite like feel super important two weeks out from all in. But when you tell me this Dynamite show is like on the level of all in, you're not lifting Dynamite. You're down. You're downplaying the actual importance and how big all in is it it's like it's the ufc thing it's it's the ufc thing where there was a time every fighter was the pound for pound best fighter in the world 
Anderson Silva, pound for pound, best fighter in the world. Jo- Jose Aldo, pound for pound, best fighter in the world. Demetrius Johnson, pound for pound, best fighter. If you're telling me five guys are pound for pound the best fighter in the world, none of them are the best fighter in the world. I want him to actually put importance on this stuff instead of saying like this is the biggest match ever this is the biggest match ever this is the biggest match ever like it's okay to be like this was a big match but you know what the actual biggest match ever is it's this it's okay this random dynamite on a wednesday ain't as big as all in it's all right it's okay to say that tony that's remember when thing. every episode of dynamite was the best episode of dynamite ever oh yeah that was a big time bit that i got a lot of mileage yep. out of like Every episode is the best episode. It's like, they can't all be the best episode ever. Just stop with the, just understand you're promoting and stuff. But when you do that, I think he thinks, and a lot of people think like, oh, it makes it feel so much, so much more important. It's like, no, it actually downplays everything else. Like that's what it actually does in this sense. Yeah. There's um, it's, it's amazing. An 80,000 plus seat arena uh, stadium is about to fill in on Sunday. And and again, I'm excited for this show. I'm excited for a lot of what's on this card. It's just sometimes people start talking. I hate about this it. show, Joel. Come yeah, on. Hate, okay, hate it. I hate it. No, no. I, yeah, I want you to. Oh, you want yeah. me to hate it? Okay. Stadium, yeah, be a Stadium, hater. Stadium Stampede is just going to suck. There we go. Ortiz and uh, Santana. They're not going to be proud or powerful. They're just going to be spiteful and hateful. That's going to be their new tag team name spiteful and hateful it's honestly a tremendous bit if that's what they did <laughs> uh there yeah this stadium stampede is going to be interesting again there's a lot of like there's a lot of interesting stuff and that's i think where this card gets a little stronger because again there's a lot of like there's a lot of stuff i'm looking at the card and i'm just like there's a lot of multi-man matches a lot of setup for all out potential where was hangman page this week what is he doing he wasn't allowed in the building because him and punk uh, and i said okay i will i will take this with stride and i said it i was like when the elite came out first i was like oh yeah no they're gonna do their match and then because the other guy's showing up at like 10 o'clock like they have it built in they have a they have a set schedule punk's gonna be there for the main event to close well not even close the show but to, to close quote unquote collision and then the elite are gonna open up the show and they're gonna be there it's gonna be a whole a whole thing so uh yeah hangman Hangman had to get uh, he had to have a drink elsewhere offsite. He had to drink his beer offsite, Jeremy. Uh that is that is fair. That is uh, I get it. Fair. Have you had arena beer? It's like, very expensive. I'm I'm sure they are. <laughs> uh, anyway, this is uh, yeah. They announced House of Black versus the Acclaimed. It's no longer Daddy Ass coming for the uh, House of Black. It's going to be Badass Billy Gunn. I didn't realize he owned the uh, trademark, but apparently I guess he does. Uh, it's not going to be the one Billy Gunn. It's not going to be Mr. Ass. It's going to be Badass Billy Gunn. What do you think? Is this I don't know. I, he needs the ass man rights. Dun, dun. Yeah, that's it's a banger <laughs> song right there. <laughs> I don't think they're going to get it, though. Could it, be, it would be amazing if they could buy it out somehow just for that one night. Pay up. Prove. Prove your fandom tk and pay up that's the one time where i'm just gonna be put it to the test tony let's see it uh and then other than that i mean the big the big story is of course adam cole and mjf and and what's gonna happen in in the the zero hour match the tag match and if it's gonna play into the world title match you assume it is 
you had all the thread thread through uh, Dynamite. Uh, I think it was Phil Lindsay who was like, why is everyone just shitting on Renee Paquette tonight? And I just replied to him. I'm like, it's it's we hate Renee on Wednesdays. We hate Tony Schiavone on Saturdays. That's the rule. I don't make them. That's how it goes. Uh, but that was, that was good. I think Renee got a lot of, of time on, on Wednesday and did a really, really good job with that. And MJF versus Adam Cole is going to be a really fun match to watch. And how does it end? How does this whole thing end leading into all outs? So Jensen and I had a large discussion about this yesterday. I don't want to rehash too much of it. Um, it feels like they either win the tag titles on the pre-show or maybe there's a walkout and Roddy comes in and he wins the tag titles with Adam Cole. Because I, I still maintain you don't want Cole or MJF taking a pin in this match. I, I I maintain that. I don't think it's a good I don't think it's a good visual for them to take a loss and then oh hey watch the the main events watch tune in type of thing. So they either got to win or they got to win type of uh, deal. It's just a matter of who who might win. You can build a little extra heat if somebody walks out. If MJF, and I assume it would be MJF, if MJF walks out uh, during the match and then Roddy comes in and then MJF is like, you know, I was just focused on our tag match. What I, like, who cares about those ROH tag team titles type of thing? And then MJF is the better heel in this sense anyway. I don't know. They got a lot of directions they can go with this. I could see Adam Cole winning and turning on MJF afterwards and him going full on heel and you actually try to ride a, a baby face MJF it feels like an MJF win it feels like MJF closes it and my my prediction my official on record prediction here's what it is MJF and Cole win the ROH tag titles they win in the main event or well one but uh, MJF wins in the main event and then they hug. They're still the ROH tag team champions. And they go on and they kind of still have a feud with the kingdom and Roddy off of this. MJF goes into whatever he might end up doing, which I don't know what that's going to be. But I think we have a happy show closing hug to end this show with MJF still as the champion. What if CM Punk comes out and just just DQs the match, throws it out, pisses everybody off, cuts some big scathing promo being like, this isn't the world's champion. This is the world. I am the real world's champion. Uh, The only way that we're going to settle this is next week, my home turf. We're going to do it at Chicago. I want you, Max. It's going to be you and me. And then Adam Cole's like, no, like screw you. My friend and I weren't finished having our play fight. So you know what? It's going to be a triple threat to consolidate the, the real world championship and the AEW world championship is going to be CM Punk, Adam Cole, Bebe, and MJF. And that's going to be it. Okay, give us a real prediction, Joel. That's not your actual prediction. Okay, there's a part of me that thinks that that would be a lot of fun. I think that not giving a finish would definitely upset a lot of people. But this is also a setup to All Out. <laughs> like, this show is a big show, but it's a big setup for All Out. And I wouldn't, I wouldn't be against them doing that. Couldn't you just do the setup as MJF wins and then CM Punk comes out and with his real world title stares him down and then you do the all out match? I'm I'm no, not super sold too. What? Because I think I might want Cole involved as well. 
as kind of a thank you for everything that's happened with MJF as for, for carrying the summer with MJF. I'm not super sold. This MJF uh, CM Punk match is happening by the way. That's fair. They ain't talking. They ain't ain't talking about it. MJF ain't acknowledging this stuff. Like, because here's the, here's the thing. I understand like on screen, it makes a lot of sense and everything. There's real emotions involved in what CM Punk said towards MJF last year when he called him a child and Tony just wants me to work with children. And there's real emotions involved in MJF. I know he plays a character and everything, but there's real emotions evolved of, dude, you did all this shit. You left. We had to carry the company. You come back. And now you're acting like everything is just fine. Like, I think there, there might be a little something to to this of mjf rightfully says like no dude like you're the one you said all this stuff you left you threatened uh some livelihoods here and i don't know i'm just going to go back and you ruined all this you ruined the big plans you ruined the big return like i don't owe you nothing at this point so i don't know if that match is happening as much sense as it makes and as much CM Punk saying it and doing the real world title thing. We've also just seen CM Punk trying to shoot himself into a work plenty of times and it ain't worked out so far. And there's a third side to it, isn't that it's the idea of who who what what is the AEW world champion going to do if it's CM Punk? He's not gonna show up on Wednesdays. He's only gonna show up on Wednesdays if the elite aren't gonna be there. It's a very strange uh thing to do. It's it's just not gonna work. So listen, I agree with you to a certain degree. MJF Adam Cole, if, if Punk is off the table, MJF Adam Cole could very much end with Adam Cole not turning but aligning with the kingdom, but MJF still getting the victory. So MJF and Adam Cole have a, a spirited match, talented match. MJF gets the win, and then the turn happens. Or maybe MJF joins the kingdom, takes everything from Adam Cole. Meet my new best friend, Roderick Strong. That's the tricky thing in this because it is, well, like you said, kind of a setup show for for All Out, and it shouldn't be. But it feels like they got to do like an angle, and I just don't know if they are. I just, I think they this is going to be a celebration. I think this is going to be more of a celebration than maybe people want it to be. I think people maybe do want it to be like part of the story, part of the AEW, uh, what, what they galaxy, uh, part, part of that and thread into next week. I think they might do a lot of this stuff just on dynamite and, or collision, or maybe they, they hold off and do it at all out. But I, I think this is going to be more of a celebration than like, Hey, let's wrap up and continue stories right now. I like that we're talking about it. I like that we are filled with speculation about it because it means that there is a vested interest in it. Hopefully, whatever comes out of it is going to tell some good stories because we're looking forward to Sunday. There's a lot of really fun stuff on the table. And then, of course, you got to get us interested in the following Sunday for All Out. And then, of course, Payback. <laughs> uh, I'm going to be at Impact Emergence on Sunday night. If you happen to be there in Toronto, come and say hi. Uh, tonight- Kick them in the face. 
don't kick me in the face. I will be with my brother. It will be very awkward for everyone involved. Uh, just don't do it. Uh, I'll also be at the the X, the the CNE tonight, uh, covering the uh, press conference. Josh Alexander is going to be there. Santino Morella is going to be there. So I might just uh, have a quick chat with them. See if I can get my sixty minute sit down with Daddy Scott Demore, Jeremy Lambert. We're going to do it. I'm going to I'm going to beg George Eisman for the time. So who knows? Uh, let's let's get on out of here. Uh, today's show was. Uh, was very special. Uh, I, I thank everyone who was in the chat. Uh, and I, Jeremy, I thank you because uh, there, there's no one else that I get to do this with every week. And when, when tragedy hits wrestling, I'm glad that uh, you and I have uh, not just each other to, to talk about this with, but also uh, our chat and, and our pals from, uh, from Fightful. Uh, yeah. Thanks everybody for, for joining us today. Uh, I know it's been a, a tough less than 24 hours i mean over 24 hours if you want to uh terry funk passing as well it's been a tough couple of days so let's just put it at that it's been a tough couple of days in, in the world of wrestling i, I hope we we were able to provide a, a little bit of outlet for everybody i know for me personally the show provided a little bit of outlet after last night i hope the wrestling is, is good this week and can take people's minds off of the um bad stuff that that has happened um Thanks everybody who who donated a super chat. Again, that money is going to go to uh, the Wyatt family. So thank you for for supporting them uh, through this show. Uh, that that means a lot to to us that you would uh, do that with, with your your money. Um, yeah, I, we didn't preview SmackDown. I know they announced stuff, but of course they announced that stuff before everything. I would imagine they will do. It'll be a large, heavy uh, Bray tribute i'm gonna repeat if the the tribute show is not what you are hoping it to be just realize that there's a big human element at play here that certain people might not be able to get to certain places certain people might not want to be at certain places and also they're putting this together on 24 hours notice and like that's a difficult thing to do so don't don't fantasy book a tribute show everyone like just let, let that play how it's going to play and, and trust that it's the best involved for, for everybody and the best involved for most importantly, the family, because that, that is what matters uh, in, in this case. So SmackDown should be, um, should be emotional, should be very emotional tonight. I, I, you know, I'm sure they're going to do something. I'm looking forward. Sounds weird to say, but I, I am looking forward to just kind of coming together with, um, with all all the wrestling fans and and hopefully celebrating and remembering uh continue to remember bray we uh we send our love to everyone in, involved and to the rotunda family uh no plugs today just uh just go hug somebody call someone you love and uh we'll be back on monday to talk about well the usual stuff so We'll see you then. Of all in. Of all in to talk about. We'll talk all in. We'll talk about it. Everything. So, uh, ladies, gentlemen, friends beyond the binary, we'll see you on Monday. Enjoy your weekend. We send love. Cheers. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, Place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live 
live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.